The Wolf and Bull podcast was prepared, conducted, and hosted by the Wolf and Bull team in their personal capacity. This podcast is for expressive listening entertainment, and any views, ideas, or opinions may or may not extend past the boundaries of this podcast. Conversations or specific comments on behalf of the hosts and guests are for entertainment purposes only. Due to language and potentially offensive topics, listener discretion is advised. Well, we are we are here again, everyone. <laughs> Does it sound very oh, you know encouraging or exciting? No, well, let we're me here. ask you. Let me let me let me ask you. Yes, because the, the I, bull I know. is a question. Did I call you the bull? No, you did. You, you did, did call I? me the bull. You, That's wrong. The bull has a glass of of whiskey right now, and he's <laughs> the already bulls calling had too me. much whiskey. <laughs> you know, when you have four stomachs, which I think bulls do, right? Then you kind of sure four, five, seven. I think they only have two stomachs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's I four. Do, no, I'm pretty sure I it's, think it's two. Four, no. Anyway, you this were going to say, make you're going to ask me a question. This is, of course it's going to make it on. I started, Well, you know, being that you as the wolf spend most of your time in your cave, cave <laughs> <laughs> on a weekly basis, uh-huh. what do you actually do there? Do you just sleep all day? And then kind of wait till the small free animals come out at night so that you can go and terrorize the neighborhood. No, I actually I mean? actually Amazon fresh all of my food. So on Amazon you can get raw like rabbit yeah. squirrel. Yeah, you can get a lot of stuff on Amazon, believe it or not. A lot of stuff. Is that the dark or the That's light their actually slogan. <laughs> you can yeah. get a lot of stuff here. If you're a prime member we will ship you free live squirrels. Yeah, which I think would actually be really cool. But like all of our episodes, this episode is brought to you by Unnamed Energy Drink and also Named Beer because <laughs> I decided to drop the <laughs> that's, beer name. That's right. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're, we're back again for episode four. This is the wolf and the bull is to my right. You know... We're How a podcast. Would they, know that? they can't even visualize that. Don't you broke the fourth wall? The fourth. Well, maybe I broke the fourth wall. I'm not sure. The wall has been broken. Audience, I'm looking at you. Yeah, right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm talking directly to you. Well, you know what? We've become a podcast after three episodes of su- such self-importance that we have officially taken the helm of saving the universe. We've put it on our shoulders. Um, probably not the best decision with today's climate <laughs> but mm. we uh we're gonna do that anyway um as you all know this is the wolf speaking and as i speak i'm going to shamelessly plug our podcast uh if you have not listened to the first three episodes go back listen to the first what's three wrong with you exactly what is wrong with you um you know in the last episode we discussed community civic duty and social media uh, you know, how that's really affecting our current climate and environment. Um, you know, they're great episodes, I promise. And in even, even I mean, in the last one, you flipped the table, didn't you? You just... I did. I stood up and broke table. loose, flipped the table, started yeah. charging around. It's because there was some China. Here. No, it's because I messed up with... I didn't our, say our there per- was China. I said there was some China, not China. Yeah, you're, and you're you know really me, I'm a, going, when I'm a bull wow, here wow. in this shop, it, <sighs> the dead I know, puns, really bad. The dead puns okay. abound. I try. try. Yeah, well... How is your week going? <laughs> you know, it is going well. That's, that's good. But, you know, I would like to save the world as well with this podcast. The question is, is it worth saving anymore? That's the real question. Well, we live here, so... <laughs> no. <laughs> no. 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 Yeah, it's probably not. We probably should uh, we're give done. that helm to someone else. No. I think it, you know what? Seacrest is available. I, I think if, if we do a job of just putting stuff out into the ether there... Mm-hmm. Letting people listen, absorb, as I said during our little pilot diatribe that we had, mm-hmm. thinking one layer deeper. I mean, that's that's my kind of goal. Maybe that saves the world, maybe it doesn't, but at least I'll feel better about myself doing it. So you're like Shrek from Shrek. 
<laughs> one peel just well, to which, peel away which the shrek audience. am i the from first shrek, the shrek am i the first shrek or am yeah, i the we're, shrek we're that donkey. turns human and then we're donkey. back to shrekville well, here's and the thing then is, we who can decides mention... he wants a shreky girl instead of a yeah so we no no those are those ones suck the first one's the best one because well that is the first one right no that was a second Doesn't she turn into whatever oh yeah you're right no, that is the first one well there was that scene where him and donkey were like you need to peel away the onion and donkey <laughs> and shrek was like i don't want to peel away the onion I'm and donkey dog yeah donkey said i'm a donkey yeah so you're like Shrek when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to the uh, the the thinking of deeper. I, I like it. I like yes, it. I think you know why? Because I've been out in the swamp so long as Shrek that there's nothing to do. But actually, I've been up in my field. I mean, you do my meadow. The bulls overlooking my territory. In, for <laughs> I'm not going to say the female bulls. It's just that the joke's dead. Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's been one week. Um, if you can't tell. <laughs> Well, and, uh, you know, we talked about social media in the last episode, and have your thoughts changed at all? You know, it, it's interesting to me because I think that the term itself needs some tweaking. Because this, this idea of social media has kind of this happy, lucky flavor, let's share with the world, let's become, you know, this kind of quasi-community online where we can be attuned to each other, mm -hmm. uh, you know, understand where each other's going and see what each other's doing and how much, you know, how many California rolls I ate last night and how they were arranged on the plate and who I was out with and all this other stuff. It kind of has this, this intentional, happy flavor to it. Mm -hmm. It's dead wrong. Yeah, it's, it's completely backwards. And I'm glad you're finally coming over to my end of the... Uh the field over here of, of cynicism <laughs> over here towards social media. I know, look, I, I agree with you in the sense that it's a tool. I think that that's probably an accurate analysis of how it's supposed to be used. Unfortunately, we have humans at the helm and we don't use things appropriately 90 to 90% of the time. Um, I don't know. I'm sure, I'm sure the lady wolf, uh, AKA voice of reason is probably ranted this week about, uh, our dear friend, Demi Lovato. Oh boy. Um, yeah, Demi, you know what? Demi, I thought Demi. I would bring this up because I I'm angry and and I know I don't sound angry, but I'm grr, I'm mad, and I'm mad because we've decided to exalt people who look. I like Demi Lovato's music. Oh, she's got a she's got a great voice. voice she's right? she. I'm very positive that she has some level. Of innate intelligence. I mean, you have to have something in order to get to where you are in that position. Unfortunately, I think that our society incentivizes people in that position to not be very intelligent. And I don't, just to give some context to the listeners, I'm not saying that Demi Lovato is not intelligent. I'm saying that the decision she made uh, earlier this week <clears throat> in relation, relation to a small Los Angeles frozen yogurt shop called Big Chill uh, was really dumb. And for some reason, I'm sure it's probably because most of her followers, I think it's like 110 million on, on some crazy Twitter number like that are all like 10. I mean, we're right behind her. I yeah, we're super, we're super close. <laughs> um, but, you know, obviously, I know she, she has a, a bad background. She's struggled with drug addiction and eating disorders. And yeah, you know, and, my, my and heart I, goes out I think I think you're right. You don't want to minimize that no, part of this. It's a major. But you want to recognize what's going on yes. beyond it. And, and those are, and those are things that I, you know, I, I have a lot of family. I've, I've had a lot of friends that struggle with that stuff. There's a lot of people that struggle with these things and I'm not trying to diminish them. Um, you know, with that being said, when you walk into a frozen yogurt shop, as she did earlier this week and start a hashtag, uh, after being angry with the frozen yogurt shop for having, um, <clears throat> sugar-free cookies and other diet foods right, right. she started a hashtag called uh, diet culture vultures and her 110 million followers not all of them obviously but a good portion of her 110 million followers went on to yelp for big chill and, and rated the company at a one star and this company's been around for like 30 something years and I, I just don't understand the logic behind that and granted i wasn't there so i'm commentating on it and i understand that she's apologetic she's apologized I've got my opinions on what that apology really meant. Um, well, let unpack that a little bit. Tell me well, what you think that really <clears throat> meant, because you know it's it's outrageous behavior. Period. Yeah. It's unsubstantiated. Uh, she could have had a terrible time at that shop, and I'm I'm certain that from her perspective, it was. It was triggered. 
if you, it triggered her to to come up with this hashtag. But what is the, you know, what's the root cause of this? What's the underlying cause? Not from her psyche necessarily, but yeah. from her thinking that this was an intelligent move to make. Well, I think I think there's a <clears throat> excuse me, God, the, the beer drinking it's gotten to my throat. Um, I think it's a little bit more complicated than a singular. Um, situation. Uh, obviously, I, I mentioned diet culture um, just to give some background to our listeners. Diet culture is kind of like the you know it refers to beliefs or values that like thinness and the appearance of being healthy and eating certain foods and restricting calories um, and you know there being good and bad foods and normalization of negative self talk like all that stuff. It, it's it's apparently negative now, <clears throat> but I know the bull is innately strong. Uh, I have to go to the gym in order to keep myself healthy. Um, so I understand where she's coming from. I think, frankly, if you want my unashamed opinion, I think that's a stupid, stupid analysis. I mean, eating healthy is a good thing. Yeah, of course it is. I, but um, but I, you got to ask yourself, you know, when, when you're talking about this culture that, mm-hmm. you know, raises people up on pedestals for the way they look. Mm-hmm. The way they act, thinness, culture, all those kinds of things you just mentioned. Again, let's peel back the onion a little bit, you know, because onions have layers and so does Shrek. Yeah, <laughs> yes. But, I mean, you got to ask yourself underneath all of this, where is this coming from? I think it's coming from the lack of self-awareness and disconnect that a good portion of our elites within society experience by proxy of being exalted as if they are deities amongst I I agree with that but I meant just before that because that's Mm -hmm. part of the equation I think but I'm I'm talking about why is it that we have a culture that says you know look at these models look at this why do you think that is because I mean there's a there's a a myriad of reasons that we could dive into the base level the base level. Uh, base, right? Well, base level. I mean, it, I would say that it stems back to original leadership within communities. I mean, you have small communities like, you know, if we wanted to talk about what we talked about briefly last episode mm-hmm. with like, you know, Jewish culture or nomadic culture, you have the leaders within the culture and those leaders set examples for the <clears throat> the groups within that culture. Correct. And I think now. So when you divest yourself from that small community that. Everybody relies on each other for mm-hmm. support and everything. You start to move to a, for lack of a better way to put it, a more secular view of everything. And when you do that, and, and then you add to that a level of, this is where I'm going with this. When you add to that a level of what is marketable, because the only thing that is marketable is what the market demands, mm-hmm. right? Well, yes, and I would agree with that. Supply and demand. wouldn't, but I would agree with that. You're... Well, you can push something on somebody yeah. that isn't marketable and demand somebody to buy it, but ultimately that's not that's not Dogecoin. <laughs> we could talk about that. <laughs> we're, we're going there I, again because I checked mine after oh, you I, said I, something I, I last time. I'm, I'm a kind of happy person. Well, good. We shouldn't we'll, have bought in. I bought not it. when you. I bought it. Uh, well, it's going to the moon. I bought it. I, got, I put a small amount. The moon's on I'm the other side of the earth right now. Well, so it'll get to one dollar eventually. I'll be here for a while, but it'll get to one dollar eventually. <laughs> so mark my words. So you'll have two dollars at that. Point. Exactly. Okay. So it's better than it's better than zero dollars. So, but no, I, I guess my point is is that this, it's a combination of there's a market out there for uh, some sort of uh, community attractiveness, and that community attractiveness is in part dictated by a community that is created outside of what we would think the old style or normal communities are. And it becomes more and more secular. And it drives us toward a platform of of capitalism that requires things that are attractive to us. Yeah. And so this, and I know I'm going off on kind of a tangent, but this whole thing, this diet culture and everything like that, the the reason people want to diet is two reasons. There's only two reasons. Right, mm-hmm. they don't like what they're looking at in the mirror. That's the number one reason, yeah. or they're unhealthy. Something some doctors told them they're in big trouble. Which most people, <clears throat> I'm sure the statistic is probably bullshit, but like nine out of ten people don't change their habits. Well, so uh, I'm, I'm telling you, if you polled, if you got everybody alone, yeah, and took a poll of people that, that most of the people that have diets every mm-hmm. year, or every two years, or whatever they do, 
most of them are not doing it for health reasons. They no. should be. Yeah. They use that as a reason, but they're doing because they want to look and feel better. Well, what is it? Like the apple cider vinegar, you know, drink it in oh, a glass so until you, things. you know, shit your brains out. That, like, that's not a diet. And I get, I, look, I get the, the, the antithetical nature that people see within that. I understand it. And no one, I, and I think people who profess to say that's healthy, obviously, are probably wrong. Right. Um, with that being said, though, I the problem that I see with this Demi Lovato situation is that people have been incentivized. The, the Demi Lovatos, the LeBron Jameses, the the um, uh, I mean, a myriad of bad faith actors within our culture have been incentivized by the reactions that they get from everyone mm-hmm. to utilize social media as a weapon. But that goes which, back to what we talked about last time. Yeah. See, it's it's not real. But, it's well, but it, wait it, a sec. It, it starts not real. It, it starts not circular, real. There's a circular issue. So so if you have a vocal person that has some sort of following because of some unbelievable talent, Demi Lovato is extremely talented. Yeah. Great voice. Yeah. You know, she can she can put that that those notes out there and really get people to respond. And those people that respond are emotionally tied into what she is doing. Mm-hmm. And then what when she changes what she's doing to talk about something she knows really nothing about or has been uh, harmed by in some way in her own personal life, she's broadcasting that onto an audience that is giving it too much weight. Well, not only that, she's she's projecting personal experiences that she's had within her own life onto people that have nothing to do with those personal experiences. So it's like if I, for example, you know, I didn't have a very good upbringing, but it's like if I projected all my personal experience, say, say I become famous, right? Say if the wolf becomes famous, obviously the bull would probably be more famous than me. <laughs> Uh, I gotta, I gotta keep, I gotta keep the massage and the ego guys. He's, he's already talked about leaving the podcast. Just kidding. Um, but say, say, you know, things go really well. I have a bad background and I still have problems. Everyone has baggage from their backgrounds, but that's like me seeing something in relation to, you know, my family and being like, well, this person who I don't know, you know, Bill Everyman, who owns a, a restaurant that happened to have a poster on the wall that's indicative of, po- of a poster that my, you know, parents had in their room. Mm-hmm. Uh, that makes Bill Everyman a bad guy. So you should go out and destroy his business. Right. That is an a, a egregious abuse of power. Absolutely. And, positively. and the problem that I see with this is that no one is really holding these people accountable. And at the same time, I mean, some people have said that she was trying to plug. She's she's got a new TV show coming out. Some people said this was an attempt to plug her show, which eh, really not the best way to do that. Um, but well, any the, exposure is good exposure in that. Sure, industry, which right? which for the company, I guess yes. People, you know, Lady Wolf tried to I go on. I don't and, think it. I don't think it was. It might have had something to do with that. Oh, this, they do. They're sold out of their clothes. Like people oh have come God. out and supported them. And and the, the real issue All that here does is. It just get, reaffirms. Yes, it creates the absolutely. cycle. And see, now, now, just cutting into what you're saying for a moment, using your example, your background, let's say you have millions of followers. If you said something like that, then it it's going to resonate with the intended audience that has gone through similar. Because out of those million people or however many, some of them have had backgrounds like yours and could use some of your advice sure. from your life. But what you've done is you've gone so far overboard that you've created this this echo chamber and it just amplifies and amplifies these things that are not true. Well, it's 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 a it's a feedback loop, but it's a feedback loop that's based upon in my opinion um a flawed view, meaning that if I take my world view and I project it onto everyone else's and everyone else starts operating within my world view, they're creating a feedback loop that's based upon a lie. Your eyes lie to you. There's studies to support that. Your memories lie to you. There's studies to support that. And most people don't accurately analyze an event as it comes towards them. And so I'm not saying that... Aren't you really just creating a new reality for those involved in your sphere of influence? Yes and no. I would say it's like a... Kind of like a pseudo-reality. Because that's what I think in the terms of social media... That's what I think social media kind of does because look with what happened over this last week and I'm not going to talk about it because there's really not a need to mention any more um, than needs to be mentioned. Mm-hmm. But everyone knows what I'm talking about. If they're paying attention to the public square misinformation about 
certain events, mm-hmm. be it the one that I'm mentioning or events that happened in the future in the past, they get tossed into this feedback loop and then distorted in such a way because of social media that creates a pseudo reality well, they, of what they actually get, occurred. They get bent to the will of the mob. Mm-hmm. And in this case that we're talking about right here, the mob is the 100 million people that, that decided that, to go after fro- big, big freeze or uh, big, big chill, chill, big right. chill, big freeze, big chill. Right. And, see. and see the, the danger in this, and when we'll get into this, I think a little bit later, but the danger in all this is that it, it creates a, um, it, it, I'll go back to what I said a minute ago. It creates, creates a new reality. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I liken it in a, in a slight way, psychologically to the winners and losers in war. So if, if you take over another country and occupy it mm-hmm. or vice versa, the winner dictates the history and writes yeah, it. Yeah, it's similar to that. And what happens in this case is the loud, not necessarily right or wrong, but the ones that win in these, these social wars, mm-hmm. social media wars, are the ones that get to write the agenda. Well, I think the real, well, the real problem from this, and this is something that, you know, you and I have had a discussion about, and I've had a discussion about with a lot of people that I know, is that politics, policy is all downstream of culture, mm-hmm. in my opinion. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, these policymakers, they witness what happens in culture. They're not dumb. Mm-hmm. They're ambitious individuals. The Federalist Papers talks about them. It warned about them. Right. You know, Francis de Tocqueville on Democracy in America, he warned about this. Um, you know, these people they get into a certain position and they notice what's happening within the sphere and they say, okay, what can we do to manipulate that so it works to our advantage? Mm-hmm. Not saying every situation is like this. I'm not saying that big chill is like this. I'm not saying like the current, I'm not saying that the current event that I alluded to is like this, even though they all are, there are some evidence. There's some evidences in every instance that could prove they're just the contrary. Argument. They're different degrees. Yes. Because so, the, the thing that keeps everybody safe is proper, disassociated oversight. And what I mean by that is I, we could, you could talk from anything from, I mean, we, we hire our politicians because we have a point of view that we liken toward the people we want to vote in. Right. And, but what ends up happening is we're giving away our right to make decisions to somebody we think is going to make a decision at least similar to what we would make. Which, right? which in turn, you know, that's why people, say they trust these individuals with without much of and they shouldn't of they course. shouldn't at all right no. and, and, they should, and in the past you could say okay but the system's bigger than any one individual so you can trust the direction of the system because there's you know we've got a, a bicameral um you know governmental system and we've got different parties involved and we got these these ebbs and flows of power that go on and everything can check and balance each other and then we got the courts on top of that which are supposed to be nonpartisan in any way and only have a strict way of of dealing with things and what ends up happening is these these entities Mm -hmm. for lack of a better way to put it are the regulators on our society whether it's business or personal and this is the in in terms of governmental um, oversight, this is something called regulatory capture that happens. Mm-hmm. That, and what that basically is, it's a failure of government to use oversight for its its proper usage. It takes and says the regulator eventually will be captured by those they're trying to regulate. Yeah. So whether we're talking about the governmental official, a regulatory agency, a business that, that ends up lobbying for that and gets... Uh, you know, benefits from lobbying the right way, or whether we're talking about a court system that recognizes the mob mm-hmm. as those it's trying to regulate mm-hmm. rule of law, yeah. right? And then that that court system ends up doing the bidding of the mob. Well, bends the will, which I think, honestly, what's interesting about all this and when we talk about social media is I think social media, in my personal uh, wolfie analysis, um, my detective wolf work. I think social media has been implemented in such a way that allows the federal government to work outside of the mob. And what I mean by that is I think it, the social media has become, in and of itself, a small pseudo-government in that they manipulate the way people operate. They advocate for immediate gratification. They advocate for uh, the loss of maturity. They advocate for the 
the hyper individualism while also subjugating those hyper individuals to a collective groupthink way of operating. Isn't it and, amazing how in the distant past mm-hmm. you would keep the masses uneducated to keep them under your thumb? Well, and now, now you overeducate them. There you, you beat me to it, Elf. Yeah, because well, that's exactly fast. you overeducate them, but in a way you're dumbing them down. Because you're having them overeducated and basically fighting with each other constantly. Well, I, I hate to say this, but my generation is the most educated group of idiots that I've ever come across. And I don't mean that in the sense that they are actually stupid. I mean that in the sense that they have these degrees and these these verifications of self that have blown up their egos to a point where they think that they're the smartest in the room every time so the, they walk in And the question the is, in the past, you would look at young people and say, sooner or later, their egos will calm down with some sense of maturity and that, that they'd be having an advantage in life so far ahead of their predecessing um, generations that it's phenomenal. Because I look, at, I look at the access to information today and mm-hmm. what we can learn on a daily basis about any subject under the sun, and I'm blown away. I love learning stuff. Yeah, yeah, but but it, access to immense amounts of information without context or critical ability to digest that is a lack of information. Mm-hmm. It almost makes you dumber than you otherwise would have been had you have not had access to information in the first place, which Perhaps. I think is, I, I would argue does. Mm-hmm. Because, look, I, as uh, to the viewers, I am... I'm a rel- relatively political person. I follow the the atmosphere. Nobody out there could tell that at all, right? Yeah, no one can tell this at all. Um, I follow the atmosphere of what's occurring pretty closely from a myriad of different sources, and I have my own opinions. The thing that baffles me and bothers me the most is when people take positions on something without being to organically support their own ideas. They parrot a message or an idea from someone else because it sounds nice. Like, uh, like with... You know, prime example, again, is Demi Lovato. She decided to use her platform to speak out to 110 million people. And then those people of their own volition and of their own agency decided to go and harass this company, which that's what a mobster does. Mm-hmm. That's that's what that's what despots do. Well, that's, that's what, what all these people are doing. Well, now. that's what thought police do. I but mean, that's, 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 that's what's going on. I mean, you can you can watch all this stuff about Al Capone and his guys and all these people who go around to the local shops and say, mm-hmm. hey, we'll protect you. You just need to give us a piece of the pie. Well, the difference well, now, now is, you're protected a different way. Yeah, we'll protect but you. You need just to give don't away. Off. What do you have to give away? Your morals and uh, your agency and your privacy. That's what you yeah. have to get away. Yeah. Give away, at least in my opinion. Yeah. And and I would it, say that's accurate. And I think that you know when we delve into this a little more, I think one of the main things we need to look at is what that even means anymore. I think that it does not mean what you and I think it means anymore. I think the term privacy has become just as defunct and jaded as uh, the word love, as the phrase racist, as the hmm. the um, the yeah. pervasive yeah. Uh, abuse of what people believe to be enlightenment or uh, spirituality. I think all of those terms have been bastardized yeah. to such uh, a point where they're Unrecognizable. I think the people that are in depth into these social media things and, and a lot of the other stuff we're going to be talking about, the stuff they, they've it's it's what we talked about a couple of podcasts ago when you're talking about definitions and how they change over time and how people can apply a new definition to old things and all this kind of evolution of what things are. Well, privacy, most people, especially the people that are of age to be just inundated. And that means some baby boomers as well, but the younger people out there, well, are, are they don't even have a clue as to what privacy yeah, is anymore. But again, like like I mentioned last podcast, I think the average person was spent the millennial spent like five point four hours on their phone every day, and the the boomers spent five. Yeah, so but if the you disparity, if you, I hear you what you're saying. But if you've ever watched a millennial scan through stuff and a boomer scan through stuff, you'll know that yeah, the but, millennial gets three times as much stuff sure, in their head. Sure, <laughs> but the one the difference between the millennial and the boomer is the millennial will be able to look at something and say, okay, well, that thing is obviously trying to gather my information. The, the boomer, unfortunately, in a lot of instances, will not be able to differentiate, which is not to say anything against the intelligence of boomers. It's just to suggest that because well, that's millennials... A, that's a technological gap. It's a technological gap. Yeah. Um, and the problem that I see is that the boomers, they'll not be able to recognize, but once they do, they're apprehensive to give their information away. Whereas mm-hmm. the millennials, 
will avoid what they recognize as like a scam or something like I'm, you know, from India and I'm here to tell you, I'm a prince and I'm going to give you a million dollars, that type of thing. Um, the millennials will avoid that, but they'll willingly give their information with apps like TikTok, Facebook. And see, that's um, the question. You you got to start asking yourself. Yes. The, the, the prince of AOL (laughs) that, that, because the, the difference is, is when you have somebody sending you a scam that says I'm a prince from whatever and I've got mm-hmm. a bank account in in Canada with your name on it if you only give me a thousand dollars I'll send you a million to da 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 I get those all the time mm-hmm. they're hilarious sometimes I print them and keep them well here's here's and, the thing is that those individuals who reach out to you um, if they're any good will know your actual demographic because mm-hmm. you know how many of those I get zero. Yeah, well, I get zero. Th- that could very well be, and there's a, there's a lot of reasons I get a lot of spam like that. Yeah, but my point is, is you look at these platforms online, and I mean any of them, any of them, every single one have a privacy policy. If you want to pay your bills with your bank, mm-hmm. if you want to get, well, here's a here's a great example. I I filed with the uh, USPTO the other day for a trademark. Okay, specifically on there. Mm-hmm. Once you get through all the detail and stuff, you had to to get in there to, to file the darn thing. If you want to sign it and have any potential of getting that trademark at all, you specifically say they, they, I'm paraphrasing of course, but they say we're going to sell your information. Yeah. All of it. Well, and that's, and that's the, uh, I mean, that's the real problem is big data analytics is a very, very profitable industry and it's a highly accurate industry. And the real problem that I see with all this is people don't seem to understand the actual, uh, not not levity, gravity mm-hmm. of what they are doing by opting into these things. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, we all have to go back to using, you know, freaking well, rotary phones and, yeah. and driving around on, you know, steam powered well, vehicles. And, and well, you know, structurally, though, there's there's a difference between. You know, the privacy discussion around platforms and some of the things that happen in the United States as far as facial recognition in other mm-hmm. countries and stuff, and the big data yeah. privacy issues. Because they're two, they're they're two, two different things from my perspective. Yeah. And I, I can share with you why in a little bit as we get into this. And I think you're right, but I also definitely know, based on any common sense observation, that these companies are in bed with each other. Of course, I are. mean, yeah, they 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 exchange information, they exchange secrets, they go out to dinner together, and look, there's nothing inherently wrong about collecting data. What's wrong about collecting data in the um, the negative, the net negative, is when it's utilized against the user. And and here's the thing: these companies don't express to the extent, and they say they do, but they don't express to the extent of what they actually utilize data for. Um, you know, Google has an, an, an artificial intelligence built within its search algorithm that mm-hmm. knows based on your viewing over time. And as, and as you use it more, the smarter it gets of your viewing of every website mm-hmm. of, of everything you've ever purchased, every your bank click, information, how long you hover bank, on stuff, everything, everything. It can determine down to the absolute nanosecond, how long you stay on a page. Well, the and way it's this, been described to me, Wolf is, is that basically behind the scenes, these algorithms, these AIs are basically recreating an avatar of you based on your actions, based on well, that's what already, you do online. That's already done. Yeah, I that's mean, what I'm saying. Well, here, here's, what... And here's the thing that Google, and I will give Google a pass on this, and, and I, I'm sure we've discussed this briefly, Clearview AI. I don't know if mm-hmm. anyone knows about this company. Clearview AI is a pretty opaque um, company. It was founded in 2017. And the one thing that they have done that Google and the other search engines and the social media companies have decided not to do is they have, Google has, and I'm, they may, may be lying, but they came out and said they're not going to index pictures and faces and all these things in a massive database um, separately to determine who you are at any given point away from a screen. And the problem that Clearview AI is now presenting, um, and they've tried to stay out of the spotlight um, a lot. They've really tried to stay under the radar. Um, but in 2018, it was found out that they were working with local, F, you know, federal agencies. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, you know, what they can do, what they do is they have over three billion images that they have taken from Google, social media, um, anything that you can think of. They have over three billion images of faces 
and information that they can tap into to at any point in time determine who you are yeah. they, from yeah. cameras from anything and of course their their initial idea was that military and um, police and <clears throat> governmental agencies that that needed to track criminal activity and things like that would be the customers for a database like this and that that is their primary um, initial function but I mean anybody can see this as a slippery slope right you don't have to be a rocket scientist to see that no. and, and on on top of that they were hacked a year ago mm -hmm. big time and so the, the interesting thing about all this is they came out in 2020 and they said they're no longer selling their data and information or working with private industry but it also came out from that hack that they were working with private industry so the, the real problem that I see with this loss of privacy um, and again, privacy is probably the wrong word for this because it no longer means what we think it does. But what I see with this is a rampant abuse of, I mean, you saw, you remember uh, the Tom Cruise movie, right? Minority Report. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Great movie. If no one's seen it, they should go see it. Tom Cruise, as much as I disagree with him on all things related to theology, I think he's an excellent actor and I love every single one of his movies yeah. except Risky Business. I hate that movie. Wow, that was the one that, like, I hate that movie. That's a great, that's an all-time classic. I know, but I, I just can't, no, I can't do it. I hate that movie. <laughs> I hate it so much. But uh, that like but, uh, but Well, if she wolf ever asks you to reenact that one scene, I'm sure you would. I can't. There's carpet everywhere. Oh, that's true. You yeah, can't, can't slide do across it. The so floor. it's uh, exactly. So it's already 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 out out the window. It's nixed. Um, but you know the the only thing about that movie is that they they put in this kind of this magical effect to it because they had those uh I don't remember how many it was like three mm -hmm. beings that kind of could foresee stuff. Yeah. And that's I, that's a proxy for the AI that we yeah. have now is really what you're talking about. Which and, and well that's the thing that like what concerns me about what concerns me about this privacy um is it's no longer an invasion because an invasion is unwanted. People want this stuff. Well, they that's want, where I was going with this. Yeah, and they, they want to be protected from the boogeyman when the boogeyman isn't as big as they think it is. And and that's the real issue here is social media, entertainment, uh, mainstream media, news outlets, um, the you know anything that you can possibly think of that is, is mainstream today is trying to get you to think that the world is a more dangerous place than it actually is. And in doing so, in engaging in social media and discussing and watching these things, you are actively and willingly desensitizing yourself mm -hmm. to the counter to the the counter narrative of what actual reality is. And unbelievably, that gives these big corporations more a opportunity for your dollars. Wide, wide open, open door. door, and it gives the governmental agencies that go back to what I was talking about with regulatory capture. It the the regulate regulatory people, the lawmakers, everything else are benefiting from this because they're they're getting more and more power. Bigger, bigger government. You want to know a scary thought? I've read a lot about, and as you know, I've read a ton about World War II history. Mm -hmm. If the Germans had access to the data and information that we have today, they would have won. Well, they almost did anyway. Yeah, but my, mean, my point, the scary thought I'm saying is that a lot of these instances of massive abuse of human rights, be it, you know, uh, the... the uh, the um, huge amounts of uh, destruction and abuse and killing of the Gulag Archipelago or the... Well, you the, look at the, the Uyghurs. The gas chambers or the Uyghurs well, in China. I mean, if you look at just that... Oh, I'm sorry, finish your... Well, finish your I, my, my whole point is a lot of these things, you know, caused by ridiculously abusive regimes, and we can, we can talk about the ideology all we want. At the end of the day, what happened, happened. And... All of these things created, you know, by either Mao's China or, or uh, you know, Stalin's Russia, mm -hmm. or, or you know, Gorbachev, Gorbachev was Russia too, or, um, or you know, Hitler's Germany. Mm -hmm. All of these things were bred out of the innate disregard for morality within the culture associated within those communities, and social media has become a worldwide phenomenon culture mm -hmm. in the sense that if Stalin as gregarious as he was, or Hitler, as gregarious as they were, were around now, and they had access to social media, I would, would argue more people would have advocated, <laughs> would have advocated for the type of abuses that happened then, today. And I know that's a lot it's, of... It's, it's, you would like to think better of the human element than that, but I think, can, I think you make a valid argument. And then, interestingly... There's one place where most social social media, including Facebook, is banned. 
China. And but but if you look at some of the things they're doing over there, and not not in terms of human rights things. If we talked about the Uyghurs, that I mean, the the version of Clearview over there already exists. Is yeah, and you know what it's called? Opaque view. <laughs> Skynet. No fucking way. Yes way. Are you serious? <laughs> I'm serious. Arnold Schwarzenegger was right. <laughs> that's right. That he's son just speaking in German. That you know? son of a bitch. <laughs> he's speaking in German, or he's speaking in Chinese with a German accent over there. It's what it's there's called. no Skynet fucking, is the facial. It's been around since like no 2003. Or there's something. no. They literally. Yes. yes. Are you kidding? And me? they've they've got it. Supposedly, now this is coming from China, of course, they've got this, oh, they tell this facial recognition to a point where it could disseminate between a Uyghur Muslim and non. Which, by the way, which, by the way, is why people should be worried about TikTok. Because TikTok it's from China. is a Chinese company. <laughs> exactly. And well, China, here's, a, here's, well, no, people will say, no, it's not. No, 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 no. The, the holding company behind TikTok is very much a Chinese company. Right. And, right. and so, when I'm not saying that you can't enjoy yourself on TikTok, but people need to understand that the world and i and i got in this long discussion today on social media um ironically about this the world is not black and white the world is gray mm-hmm. it has nuance mm-hmm. it's complicated as fuck mm-hmm. and there is nothing that we can do be it individual or broad scale in my opinion and i might be apathetic wait wait a sec in my opinion uh either individual or broad scale that we can do to curb human nature we can maybe manipulate it to a degree we can maybe deceive people, okay. but at the end of the day, human nature will forever exist, and it doesn't matter what policies are in place. It doesn't matter what tech we have in place. As long as we are human, we can't manipulate that. So, okay, Let, let's let's look at that for a second. So if we're sliding inevitably into this, this time frame of our civilization where our definition of privacy is out the window, and it's become this new thing where our whole lives are out there. Mm-hmm. So, so now you got it begs the question, where is there to hide? There's not, not that you have to hide, but you know, there's this whole philosophy of hiding in in open space, hiding in a crowd, right? And in we'll go into that in a second because I really want to jump into this big data thing mm-hmm. a little bit. But before I do, I want I want to talk about we're talking about US and the lack of privacy. Lack of you or me? I think that was me. Actually, <laughs> the lack of privacy that's that's going on. But you know, China has. You said it a minute ago. We've gotten to this thing to a point where there's a buy-in from the public, and do you know, one I of wouldn't the, say it's a buy-in though. But well, it is because but, here's a perfect example. Yeah, but a buy-in you got, requires you got them communist to... China. Okay, well, let me let me finish yeah. my thing. No, please, please. <laughs> please. Uh, uh, there's there is a project called Sharp Eyes. In, and it's a surveillance of public spaces in China. So they basically gridded off these cities into these certain areas, and they got all these surveillance cameras. There's 500 million-plus cameras in China. You know, a third of all the, all the surveillance cameras in the world are in China. Are they made by China? What do you think? No. The cameras? No. They outsource their tech. Whatever the case may be, they outsource it to North Korea. <laughs> Great, fantastic. Um, but cardboard but my, my point is, is there's actually instances where these cities are given some autonomy as to how to use the sharp eyes. Sure, they are, and they're and these citizens are cloud sor- are crowdsourcing funding for yeah, this. So stuff. so they're but, buying into it because they have a they have something on their TV that they can go picture in picture and see the public square and report on people. Yes, yeah, so the 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 buy-in or the incentivations and it's it, incentivizing is not really a true buy-in or incentivizing. It's a manipulation. I, I mean, look, mm-hmm. look, when it came to when it came to 1930s and 40s Germany, they did the same bullshit with the order police. They would get a bunch of salespeople, a bunch of business owners, a bunch of people that worked in grocery stores, and they would tell them, "Look, you have a duty to work with your own community, your own country." And we have a nemesis and a menace they're called the jews and you know because of our belief in the aryan race and the the superiority that we have we're going to go ahead and forgive those individuals of their disgrace of being jews by popping them in the back of the neck with a rifle that's where it went with that and this type of thing when it comes to the trade the buy-in 
That's what it was. I, look, I know what's... Look, you're looking at me like I said the worst thing in the world. No, I didn't. I'm just saying that's, that that's history. four times in a row we've been canceled. Well, exactly. And the, you know, <laughs> the, the real problem here, and I'm not discounting that, is the most terrible fucking thing. The or one of the most terrible fucking things to mm-hmm. have ever occurred Correct. In, in human history. Right. And the problem with this buy-in of reporting on people for the greater good or of buying into the narrative for the greater good is it's not a buy-in because the buy-in you have to convince some you have to convince something one that they're giving you something of value and you're giving them something of value but see that's where they're going with this but they're not giving you something of value they are no they're not social credit score Okay, I know we've that's talked where about they're this. going. Sure, with this. and I understand I, that's probably where they're going with that. But that it's does not, not probably. Mean, it is, but that does not mean that it is valuable. It's valuable because they're black. China's doing it right now. Yes, they're blacklisting companies that are associated with other companies that are blacklisted. Right. So you're not only responsible for your own company, you're responsible for those you associate with. Sure. So what is that company going to do? It's going to adhere to whatever the structure is put in front of it. To make sure that their social credit score is legitimate enough to get better bank loans, or and in the terms of individuals, they talk about you know discounts on their water and energy yeah, and all this other stuff. Again, the problem with all of this is it's unsustainable. That's why I'm saying, look, I, I you, you're shaking your head. But no, I, I don't I, believe it. Okay, maybe not within the the this fear of the the structure that holds it, right? But it, it's like with anything, it, whether when when we. It's already happening. I'm not saying... Okay. Here. Yes, I understand that it is already happening. I don't think it's sustainable here. I don't think that... But we just talked about how the definition of privacy is changing, correct? (sighs) So so it's like anything else. You stretch something far enough and it never gets back into the shape it was before. Yeah, but eventually the envelope will break, is my argument, which I think... It won't break if people don't know better. But people do. I think that they do. Right now. I, but, but that's the thing is I. Do think you think that Demi Lovato fans know? I think they will at a certain point in time, and the reason I say that is because the argument that these these companies provide and they posit is a lie. You can't exist forever within a lie. You can't do it. And and here's the thing. Look, I understand what you're saying, and I think that there's validity to it, and the likelihood that it occurs to some soft degree here is probably more so than the extreme in China. Okay, I mean credit scores are probably. I mean they're already a thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Social credit score in order, in my opinion, in order for it to come to fruition is if people decide to give away their autonomy and agency in favor of a collectivism ideology that does not exist to the extent that it exists in China here. It doesn't exist here. I disagree. I think it just looks different. I don't. I really do. And here, my, my reasoning by this is, okay, we can talk about regular credit scores. If you look at your credit score, it's, have you paid well? How much of your overall income do you have toward credit or revolving this and that? Do you have mortgage payments and, and payments for cars? Have you missed anything ever? Are you late? And mm-hmm. how late are you? And all these other kind of things that, that occur. Very black and white, right? Yeah. Sure. It's very simple. But you start adding to that things that you've done right or wrong in your associations with others and in, in oh, let's put it this way if you go back i mean there are people right now that are going through you, years you and years and years of people's data on I under, and twitter i understand but and getting them banned yeah but, what is that but what do again, you call that again but my again the the thing that i think stops that because people have talked about reforming section 230 mm-hmm. one that would stop that that would that would prevent that from this occurring. goes back to regulatory yeah, capture sure, look who's got to sure. stop it I understand, but that doesn't mean that this in these entities in every aspect. Now, I'm not saying, look, this is going against my traditional libertarian values because I, I, I hate the government. I think the government is, is stealing from people mm-hmm. on a daily basis. I'm going to say something that's going against it. Not every instance of government intervention is negative. Of course not. So I don't believe that. My personal pre- belief here is that this won't get to that level for one because of our constitution. And because I think people can't exist their entire lives within a lie. They find out eventually, and then they totally flip on the opposite end of the spectrum. The second aspect that I think is different from China to here, there's over 40 million guns in American circulation. America, we are notorious for being giant babies, and we won't allow for a dystopia like China, as much as I would like to think, we wouldn't allow mm-hmm. for that extent of dystopianism. I could be completely wrong. 
I mean, I, and I'm, I'm willing to accept that because we are really fucking close, in my opinion. But I don't think it's going to be to that extent. I, I just personally think that it's more insidious here. That's what I think. I think it's more uh, subtle. Insidious is the wrong word. More su- it's, it's, it's subtle. It's more subtle. It's subtle, and it's gradually moving us in these directions because you said you don't think we'll ever get to. Well, I would ask you a year ago, two years ago would be better. Two years ago, do you think we'd be talking about the things we're talking about now? And you may say a few of them, I but think you we certainly were wouldn't think. about that stuff, though. But, and, but did I, you think it was going to? Did no, you think no, it was going to no. go as far as it I, went? I would never. I would never profess to say that it would. But at the same time, we are still talking about those things, which is a sign mm-hmm. that it's That's not going to get to that talk about them while we can. Exactly. And the more we talk about them, like people, I hear all these this you know this doom and gloom lately of this is the end of the republic, all this nonsense. I hear it all the time, whether from the left or the right or the middle or from someone who doesn't identify as anything but a plant. Um, I hear it all the time. And the problem is that is brought on by availability bias. I mentioned this in the other podcast, Mm -hmm. but that's what it's brought on by. People look at their availability of what they seem see to be the worst possible event that has ever occurred in relation to where they are at any given time. And they say, this is it. This is the end. They are fucking wrong. Every data point points to them being wrong, whether it be about, uh, you know, the, the, the structures that people have deemed to be evil. They're wrong data-wise. Mm-hmm. Data does not support their arguments. To some degree, it does. Not every one of those arguments is accurate. Same with poverty. Same with food. Same with lifespan and expectancy. Same with overpopulation. Same, to some degree, with environmental disasters. Mm-hmm. They don't look at the actual net long-term projected value. They look at the immediate presumptions of what the scariest fucking mm-hmm. person in the room tells them. And they're wrong. And when we They talk- may be wrong, but they use that as a, an excuse to get greater and greater things yeah, done in that, a shorter but, period but of time. The funny thing about all that is by doing the greater and greater things done in a shorter period of time, there is a half-life of experience of benefit to those things. If someone passes something that they say, this is going to change the world, and then 10 years from now there's no fucking benefit, it might be like pulling teeth to get it fucking reformed, but my generation, the one thing I will say to them, as dumb and as educated as we, as we are at the same time, we really don't like it when there's no movement. And eventually, the targeted area will be positioned in such a way that they hit the target right in the nose at the right exact time in the right exact place. Well, I think the, the, the challenge we have up is an argument against whether something will go that far asunder or not is that our technologies are at a point and our, our data, um, not retrieval necessarily, but our, our data retention and ability to analyze it has gone to such a place that I, I don't know if there's any coming back from it. Because, well, there's not. Because the, the, the very last thing I wanted to kind of throw out there on the privacy is that there's there's this, you know, the stuff with Clearview and Sharp Eyes and Skynet and all that kind of stuff is, is crazy. Buck. But it's 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 focused on the individual. Now, when 9-11 happened in... in the, well, it's focused you know, on the individual, but it's, it's pushed by the collective. Co- correct. Sense. But follow my logic on this. What I'm saying is it's it's saying we can identify you... And your ethnicity and your background and your probably, you know, your what your grandfather looked at from facial recognition. But by the way, yeah, you asked a second ago where the safest place to be would be in a position of power. That's the safest place. to be. Of course, that's always the safest place to be. Yeah. In plain sight. If you're if you're in charge of making the rules in plain sight, in plain sight. (laughs) Exactly. And and because everybody can see what you're doing is inaccurate and in the gray and all that, but there's nothing they can do about it. They trust you, though, but, because you align with their values. Well, I'm very trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Us bulls sitting in a field are very trustworthy. Well, you were talking about my grandfather, who is long dead. I mean, he's been dead for 85 dog years now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he, well, he was the alpha of the pack, though, mm-hmm. as well, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. well, that's good. But, but big data in general, it's about collecting points of data, not specific to one individual necessarily, but these broad swath of points and then applying uh, algorithms to mm-hmm. that to identify pattern. Yeah, it's right? it's like a... The, so it's a different the, kind of... of well, it's a technological version of connect the dots. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's why everybody feels like big data is safer somehow. Because when, when, well, the, the, only when f- the NSA said, we're going to collect all this phone data... Mm-hmm. They were saying, oh, we're only collecting it so that we can see patterns of when yeah. foreigners are Terrorism. calling U.S. this. Yeah. And, but the the problem is, is people forget, to mm-hmm. your point earlier, they forget that it's all the data is there. Well, they also forget how rare those events are. 
I can name on one hand in the last 20 years how many at-home terrorist attacks have occurred in the United States. That you know of. That I know of. Yeah. But but again, I mean, I, I guess this all relates to my real concern. And you mentioned artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. I don't think, unlike yourself, I don't see artificial intelligence as being a net positive. I see it as being an existential risk. And I see it as um, the the answer to all of humanity's problems in that it will eradicate us from existence. And I know that that is very cynical. I also don't have a lot of faith in power structures that tell us that they have their best, our best interest at heart. And all those power structures, all those private companies like Clearview AI, they hide behind the guise of public faith mm-hmm. as opposed to actually just trust us. Well, just trust us. And and they and then they, they they tie in all these like absolutes. Like we have the data to support every single one of our our statements. And I, I think I, I don't know if anyone's ever read this book. I haven't read this book, but I think the statement's pretty freaking fantastic. Knowledge, absolutely sure of its infallibility, is faith. And the, the, there's a lot of arguments these days that are so arrogant mm-hmm. in their their just their have faith in us. Not even no. It's not even. They don't even say the word faith. They just say, well, the data is there. Don't analyze it because the data says this. Of course, that's a that's well, a tremendous anti-argument as well because data exactly. is manipulated all the time. Well, d- data is manipulated. Well, science is not. It's not static. No, science is dynamic. Not. So status so, is a, a stat, status. Status. Science is about asking questions. That's it, its base core level. That's well, all it's about. And is this questions. is and this is why you know when I get in discussions with people who are of the absolutist Puritan ilk that I despise so much. Not the people, but their their way of thinking just pisses me off. <laughs> is it, there is no one instance in all of humanity in which we know everything at any given time and everything is always correct in that instance or, or worldview. And I have discussions with people who are atheists. I have discussions with people who are absolutists who follow the science, whatever they talk about in any instance, if they don't have an argument that is, um, that is falsifiable, then they're wrong just by the premise of having a non-falsifiable argument. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be open to other facets of information and w- whether that proves you wrong or not. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the problem that I have with this social media brainwashing because it is a brainwashing thing. That's what I have with the people who will not criticize power structures that tell them that they are doing the correct thing on basis of their virtuous actions. Mm-hmm. I think that that's nonsensical. I think it, well, I think it, the starting point is just assuming they're not virtuous actions. Well, th- if we that, started there, exactly. we'd probably have a much it, better take on if it. If we started from the position that every single person is flawed and probably wrong, we'd have a better world. And you know, when it comes to dystopia, there's so many various uh, authors and writers and, and philosophers and theologians that have talked about this. And that, that one quote is from, uh, I'm going to butcher his name, but it's from the book called We. It was written in... 1924, um, and it was from a Russian individual named Yevgeny Zamyatin. Um, that was excellent, by the way. Thanks. Um, and I'm going to read a quote from it because I think the quote is terrifying. People march in step with each other and are uniformed. There is no way of referring to people except by their given numbers. The society is run strictly by logic of re- or reason as a primary justification for the laws or the construct of their society. The individual's behavior is based on logic by way of formulas and equations outlined by the one state. Mm. That's the setting of the book. That's scary as shit. Well, and, and that's the problem that I see with social media because social media is a pseudo government. Social mm. media is the one state. There's no who is in opposition of them. Well, there's a lot, there's a lot of people that say the markets will change that. I don't, I'm not the really sure. The markets of that. will change that if the markets are not manipulated to fight against it. And if those that regulate those markets allow it. And because if when if you, they're not in the when pockets you shut down of the people, social media and companies. you shut down platforms and you control, as Amazon does with AWS, if you control 90% of the, the cloud or services. Google, or what Google does with their uh, paid ads. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, it, there's. There's so much power there that it's hard to see any short-term fix to it. But to your point, it, it's so funny. You, you you believe in one aspect that, that we're on our way to dystopia of some kind or within at least a gradation there. of it or we're in it. Because, well, dystopia is, as you've said in the past, it's kind of a, 
utopia or dystopia has a combination of both in them, right? So it's a, yeah. a gradation scale of some kind. Well, and this is why the reason I think we're already there is, and this is this is kind of an oxymoron, but I'm going to say it anyway. We are currently living as a society in the wealthiest, most prosperous, healthiest time of all of human existence. We have the longest lifespan. We have the most money in our pockets, according to our ability to compare wealth because sure, it's almost sure. impossible to do that from today's wealth as opposed to you know what we can reference in the past because mm-hmm. the dollar today is not applicable to 1500 pieces of gold it's just not applicable so we are the wealthiest we're the healthiest people talk about gmos and being cancer related totally different argument but without gmos we would not be able to feed 7.8 billion people exactly the argument there and the funny thing that people say organic is better organic is better in the sense that maybe there's organic has just become a marketing but pesticides are still used in organic and the funny thing about organic is they require technically more land gmos Mm -hmm. can be grown year-round and they can be put in smaller Mm -hmm. portions of land that allow for more growth of food Mm -hmm. and healthier and bigger portions of food your bananas were not originally the color they are today the or the the tomatoes that we have today were not the sizes they originally were 200 years ago that's right the the carrots over time exactly they taste better they're mm-hmm. more full of it into this may be a positive or negative. They're more full of sugar mm-hmm. and nutrients. And so we have all these things going on while simultaneously we can't seemingly get along with each other, each other over things that are fabricated. Well, this, this goes back to what we talked about last week, or which the is week why before, I think we're in a dystopia, which is, well, we very well could be, but this goes back to what we were talking about before. When everybody decides to look at each other and find fault within each other, no matter whether it's granular or big picture stuff or systemic stuff or racial stuff or whatever you want to look at, when they have all the time on their hands to be able to look at one another and deem each other in so imperfect that it has to change radically and everything has to be burned down, that means there's something missing. Yeah, but again, and I would say that that's the case. Here's a funny thing that, that I would think would prove my position even though your your supporting argument is true because it, it is dystopias normally revolve around three things they can be looked to and pointed at as the definition of what a dystopia is is dehumanization that's occurring right now whether you'd want to admit it or not on both sides of the aisle people look at the other party and they say those people aren't real and then they look at certain demographics and they say those people can't think for themselves so that is that's existing mm-hmm. it's existed for a while now um Tyrannical governments. Mm-hmm. Not saying America is exactly tyrannical. There are some mm-hmm. things that we have in place that prevent it, but we are definitely not so far away from it that it is obtuse to the th- the thought process. Mm-hmm. And then finally, environmental disaster. What is all of our policy based around? Preventing environmental disasters. Well, everything is called an so, environmental crisis now. So, by the way, they keep turning, changing the. Verb. Which, which look, I get why they do that. I, do I understand, too. and I think there's some merits. To mm-hmm. switching some of our power sources. Absolutely. Again, the funny thing about all this is we we, we mentioned uh, what was it? Uh, um, we mentioned uh, the virtuous narrative of things that allows people to think things are good. You know what's probably one of the best technological advances that we are fucking ignoring completely? Nuclear power. Oh yeah. Well, why in the Why in the world is France? Yeah. One hundred percent nuclear dependent. Yeah, and, and we're not. And the advances they've done in, in nuclear power. Of course, what ends up happening is you have a situation in Chernobyl, and then more recently, uh, there's only been Fukushima. three instances: Chernobyl, Three Mile Island, and Fukushima. And, Fukushima. Mm-hmm. and in all three of those instances, outside of Chernobyl, because Chernobyl, Russia's never going to give us the actual numbers. They never will. They'll mm-hmm. never admit to how many deaths there were. But right. from what we can determine, there were only 34 direct deaths, mm-hmm. not counting the cancer. Which I think was something well, around a hundred thousand. Here's the problem. It, this is this is this goes back to what we've been going through the last year. You know, there's there's truth in a lot of what we're going through, and there's also an element, a very large element of fear involved in all of this. And when you talk about the the prospect of nuclear energy, that's what you're talking about. All you have to do is point to history, and we've all learned that this, this, and this can happen. And look what happened. And you know, do we want you know? Bikini Island to, to, to Bikini, create SpongeBob out Bikini of the day. bottom. That's what I meant. Bikini Island, but that's where Bikini it came Island. From. That's, that's actually where that's actually that's yes, where, exactly. Yeah, that's where the whole yeah. cartoon so, came from. Fun but, but the 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 point is, is that people fear these things, and people well, look at a giant windmill, they don't fear it. Well, they right? fe- well, but they should though. 
because well, the giant windmill. What they should windmill, fear is the freaking sun. Well, yeah, but the giant windmill, the funny thing, because here's the thing is solar and harnessing solar power and energy is a totally good idea. Oh, yeah. Giant windmills, total bullshit. Uh, they, they, I think windmills in the future, you will look at those and they'll go, what were well, we thinking? Well, you're already looking at them now. I mean, they caught, they're t- entirely too noisy. They, they're they an environmental hazard to birds. Oh, my God. They kill millions and millions yeah. of birds um, every and, year. And on top of that, they don't produce enough energy to be reliable. Because and honestly, we should put all the money into into storage, battery would, well, storage, that and nuclear, I yeah, would argue. and anything anything that retains the energy that we'll need, so that we can flex from from modernized grids. Mm-hmm. And that part I understand. Like you know, Biden's new program that he's put together, the job, American Jobs Plan, which is supposedly infrastructure, which is I don't I could go everything into that is for hours. Everything, everything, yes, babysitting is infrastructure. Twinkies are infrastructure, <laughs> but but certainly. The uh, a new grid in the United States. Well, it's needed, along. and I yeah. get that. And, but you know, the funny thing about all this, when we talk about fear and that pseudo government that is social media, and I think that a good way to a good place to stop would probably be with this final quote: mm. "If you want a picture of the future, imagine a boot stomping on the human face forever." It's by George Orwell in 1984. Now, mm. George Orwell, he was a socialist. Mm-hmm. Um, he had his critiques of socialism. He also had his obviously his his beliefs in it. Um, but the funny thing about that particular book and Animal Farm mm-hmm. and and we is all of these books are seemingly either coming true or they are true. And the real problem that I see with all of this and the real the real malicious aspect, the nefarious aspect that we talk about is all of these things are happening with our consent. That's the concerning part. Is we are willingly allowing Consent the boot contribution. Well, we're, we're we're allowing the boot to step on our face, and then we're taking our own hands and we're pressing it down harder on top of the boot. Mm-hmm. Give me more, give me more, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't I don't know what the answer is, and obviously, you know, we have a few other things yeah. probably to talk about in the next episodes that we have, but it's terrifying. You know why I think we're not in dystopia yet? I think it depends entirely on the viewpoint that you position yourself in. No, I think we're not there yet because nothing's dirty enough yet. Because as you said earlier, every dystopian movie, you have to be very dirty. Not in 1984. <laughs> 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 well, yeah, I, 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 we'll, we'll definitely have more to talk about. But uh, that's really the scariest part to me is that, is yeah, that yeah. people are so wrapped up in their own creature comforts mm-hmm. that they cannot see past the blinders that they have willingly put on their head. They don't take them off. And that's why, that's why I have such a qualm about, you know, getting on your phone all day or, you know, staring at a screen all day, even though that's what I do for my occupation. I have qualms with these because they are counterintuitive to what it is to be a human. And the entire romantic period talked about this, even though I disagree with a lot of the bullshit that came out of that. And I would say we're probably in a weird pseudo postmodernist romantic period ourselves right now. At the same time, it is entirely terrifying to me that everyone around me is sleepwalking into potential doom with no way of getting out of it because you can't swim back up a toilet after it's flushed. You go down with it. Hey everyone, this is The Wolf Speaking, wrapping up yet another episode of The Wolf and Bull Podcast. We appreciate you spending your time with us and we can't wait for you to hear our next episode. If you like what you heard, tell your friends and family, your neighbors, the local bartender, your doctor, your boss, and hell, you can even tell us. By leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, you can directly help build the Wolf and Bull cult. I mean, uh, the Wolf and Bull family. We can be found on most major podcasting platforms and social media. So what are you waiting for? Scoot on out of here and enjoy your day. But you should probably leave us a review first. But make sure to enjoy your day. But don't forget to leave us a review. Okay, bye.